On a Saturday evening, early November, I took my daughters, Tammy and Tuket, to see Wakanda Forever. On our way to the movie theater, I reminded them that I was especially interested in seeing and supporting the movie because I personally know some of the people in it, which is why I wanted to see it in the theater. I had seen the trailer for Wakanda Forever, and while it was amazing to hear Thames' voice on the No Woman, No Cry cover that starts the trailer, one of the highlights was a scene around the 19th second where I saw a familiar face. I had to rewind it a couple times to be sure it was her. And I've had many proud moments watching people I know personally become global superstars, and this felt like another one of those moments. The person I recognized this time was Diddy. She was the lead dancer in the Black Panther funeral scene. My name is Edidiong Diddy Emma, and I am Nigerian American. Adidiong Emma, a.k.a. Diddy, is a Nigerian-American dancer, choreographer, and musician. She's worked with artists like Beyonce, Missy Elliott, Sierra, Ludacris, Usher, Jennifer Lopez, Jason Derulo, Tanache, Fifth Harmony, Future, Lil X, David Doe, Yours Truly, LD, and so many more. Diddy is known for her energetic personality and her unique style of dance and choreography. I met Diddy on the set of my music video shoot for Bossy Bangba in 2007, and we've stayed in touch ever since. Following her many accomplishments, I would often point her out to my kids saying, I know that lady. And in usual fashion, they would say, yeah, whatever, dad. Diddy stopped by the house a few days ago, and I thought it was a good opportunity to share some of our banter with you. So I think maybe a good place to start is what inspired you to become a professional dancer? Because, you know, it's one thing to do this just like, you know, as a kid, just to love dancing and stuff, but then to want to do it professionally. A um, few things. So my mother was a dancer and I always would watch her in rehearsal and immediately get up and do what she did. And then she ended up putting me in her African dance group when we first came to America. So that was like what gave me a love for dance in the first place. I always loved our culture. And then growing up, I uh, my uncle loved Michael Jackson. So he would put in the Michael Jackson VHSs and like play Thriller and play like his movie and stuff like that. And so um, Thriller used to terrify me. But since I had to sit through this whole thing, I just would do what I did with my mom in rehearsal, which is just get up and like try to mimic whatever they were doing. So watching award shows, watching music videos, I would just mimic whatever they were doing. Um, so, you know, that just kind of made me look at look, look at dancers and entertainers as like heroes, you know, kind of thing. Like no matter what type of mood I was in, anytime I would see any of those things, I would forget it all and just get up and mimic with it, whatever they were doing. So 
I guess professionally, what made me be a professional was I went to a performing arts high school. Um, which, hey, which high school is it? I went to DSA. It's called DeKalb School of the Arts. And we were topping the county for academics, which is the only reason why Gloria put me there. (laughs) Because, like, I went there and when I left wanting to be a professional, my family was like, eh? For what? Why? I'm like, I'm sorry, I go to an art school. Like, why am I here? For education. I'm like, no, this doesn't make any sense. (laughs) But, yeah, so going there, I got scouted in high school in the 10th grade by an agent. And I still didn't take her seriously until I started being in rooms with, like, Trey Songs and, like, Sierra and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, this is a real thing. I didn't know what kind of money they made. I just knew that all of a sudden I was in the rooms of people that I used to watch on TV or hear on the radio. And so that made me feel like, well, if I can get this far, then what else can I do? Did they go to the art school as well? or No. Um, I just would get like invited to auditions after mm. I signed with the agency and, you know, be auditioning for Trey Songs for a, a tour with him or something like that. And I needed to get my skill up. I, my level of training was just not up to par for a prof- as a professional, but being in those rooms made me understand. It made me want it more to like, okay, I need to train. I need to be in these dance classes. I need to, you know, I had to figure out what, what was going to be my game plan. How do I get back in these rooms again? So, yeah, but at that time I was, um, I was thick. So, and at that time the girls, they weren't on TV. They wanted thin girls. So I wasn't even the body type mm. to even be asked to come back and actually do the job. So, but you know, thank God for but at least you were, changing. You were exposed to it and you realized Absolutely. that, Okay, this is possible. Absolutely. If I really want this, I can get it. I think it's because I was in Atlanta, you know, and this was like the place that like, you know, um, R&B was coming from and, you know, hip hop was coming from here. You had rappers out here. You had people like Sierra and stuff like that, TLC um, that were here. So just kind of I think also because my school was kind of close to the city. Mm -hmm. That's probably the only reason it was it was only a few art schools close to the city. And she was really. At that time, my, my agent was really looking for young talent to mold, you know. So, thank God. Wow. <laughs> she picked, like, three of us from that school, and I was really the only one that, like, kept up with it. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, and Atlanta being, well, becoming sort of the mecca for music. I mean, I was I moved to Atlanta in 2003. Wow, okay. Yeah, and, um, I mean, Atlanta had become Atlanta at that point. But mm-hmm. I'm saying what Atlanta became even after that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really interesting, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I saw like the earth, well, sort of like the tail end of the so-so deaf era. Yeah. Um, sort of the tail end of the outcast and mm-hmm. goody mob and, you know, the, what was that? Equim- what was their thing again? Um, Stanconia? Was that what it was? Stanconia. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So like, you know, like their the label. tail end of that. Yeah. The mm-hmm. tail end of that. So um, it's just really interesting to see how Atlanta has become not just the mecca for like, um, Hip hop, but even for Afro beats in an interesting mm. way. Yeah. It's almost like everyone comes here. Um, this is like the mm. sort of launch pad, so to speak, for Afro beats artists if they're coming to America. What? Believe it or not. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think this is the one place that has a support system. Mm. And this is the one of the three places you can fly to directly from Lagos as well. True. Okay. Yeah. That makes so sense. it's either you go to New York, you come to Atlanta, or you go to Houston. So so yeah. we're Wakanda, period. Yeah. Everybody, Atlanta's Wakanda. Atlanta's Wakanda. Tell everybody. 
<laughs> but we're closed, so don't come. Atlanta is what we're full. I met you in 2007, I believe. Yes. Oh, my God. 2007, I think it was. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So in 2007, I'm trying to shoot a video. And yeah. I'm just I, getting to college. <laughs> Nobody do the math. Just leave the math alone. So I'm trying to shoot a video and I'm reaching out to people. I'm like, yo, listen, I need the best of the best of the best. Wow. Right? And but I also need people who can dance, who can at least do dance hall if they can't mm. do like African dance. And everyone kept saying, oh, I know this one girl. I know this one girl. And I was like, Hi. who is this one girl? And they were like, yeah, you know, she's Nigerian. Matter of fact, she's got a Nigerian name. Man, I'm telling you, man, you should what? see her, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, okay, yeah, whatever. Okay, let's let's meet her. This is my first time hearing this story. <laughs> I thought so. Wow. Okay. So I'm like, okay, we'll meet the girl and see if she can really dance or whatever. Um, but it just never happened because mm. we reached out and then they were like, oh, yeah, if you wanted to come for rehearsals, you had to come to, what was it, Dance 411? Oh, my agent. Was it Dance 411? Yeah, Dance 411 Studios. They were like, oh, yeah, you had to come there and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, man, I'm too Busy to go, wow. just go see them. Do you guys, and everyone kept saying, no, oh, no, no, she's the one, she's the one. So I was like, wow. all right, whatever, we'll just shoot. So if you remember, we didn't meet until the video shoot, the, day. Video shoot, the actual yeah. shoot day. So a lot of trust. And I was thinking, I was like, oh my God, I hope these girls can actually <laughs> dance. Because if these girls cannot dance. Hey, fire on the mountain. <laughs> so anyway, um, so you guys showed up and like yeah. you did your thing. And Yay. it was like, for me, one of the highlights. Yay. You know, of the video. So I left with really good feelings about, Yay. you know, what you did and everything. So because of and not just because of that, but, and because of the fact that you did it so well, you were Nigerian, which I was excited about. And then I started to see you everywhere. I was like, wait a second. <gasps> was I around the superstar? I didn't even realize. Like, I was over here filming like, OK, this is my video. You know? <sighs> I am the main character. <laughs> you are, though. You know what I'm saying? But no, but, and then I started to see you everywhere. I was like, oh, wait a second. So anyway, oh, so, wow. I've, so I've kind of just followed, you know, since then. And I know, like, you know, social media. Hey, 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 what are you doing? How are you doing? Blah, 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 blah. We've kept in touch. Mm -hmm. um, but I think what I was trying to get to is, what's your story about that video? Oh. Because I'll tell you what that video did. Okay. And what you probably don't realize. So I want to hear just from your perspective before I tell you. All I remember is... Being asked if I wanted to do a music video. And I don't know, somehow Naira is popping up in my mind. Um, Naira is definitely one of the people that vouched for you. Okay. Yep. So Naira, I think I met her when I was at school at Georgia State. And she was an Afrobeat artist out here. And I just loved her name. I was like, Naira, that makes sense. Yeah, I know she's from Nigeria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and then she was just so cool and just so down to earth. And she had these shows. And all I wanted to do was perform. I just wanted to learn how to be the best performer. Like, I just love being on stage. So anything that got me to stage, I was down for. And so I did some shows with her. And I just remember, like, Naira being like, oh, yeah, no, he's dope. And I was like, cool, great. I'm down. You know, she like him, I love him. Let's go. And so um, I also remember being like, okay, but like what, like what's his story? What's his thing? Like, is this somebody that's just like, like what's this video going to look like? Like, is there a budget? Is this just Johnny just come and we just stand here and shoot video with phone? You know, like what is, we didn't even have like phones with videos. Oh my God, I'm nah, saying No, we too didn't. Much. That's 2007, yeah. Oh my God, the Metro PCS, <laughs> the blue one with no camera. Okay, no so, camera. so, 
<laughs> so I was like, okay, well, I don't know how this is going to be. And I don't know if I, I don't want to involve people knowing our people. I was like, I don't want to involve other people. And I don't get my money to pay these other people that's going to have to be here because it costs money for us to be there. And she was like, no, he's fine. It's all good. And they were telling me that you were like, you already were an artist and this, you you know, you left Nigeria for a minute and you were kind of just like coming back to it. It was a comeback. Project. It was a comeback. Yep. So I listen, it seemed like, you know what I'm saying? When the project coming back, you know what I'm saying? It's like, call Diddy though, you know what I'm saying? But, but yeah, so I was like, okay, that sounds exciting. Like I just wanted to make sure at that point it was like, okay, well let's make sure this is good because if he's coming back, it all has to be like really, really good. So I wanted to invite people that I knew, you know, had some kind of camera experience and they were down to do it because it was African. And so that's, that's all I remember. And meeting you, you were down to earth and I'm like, this is him. Okay. You know, at that time, there were some artists that you would meet that would be down to earth, but most people that you would meet would be super cocky and they wouldn't even talk to you. They wouldn't look at you. They wouldn't acknowledge you. They wouldn't even care to meet you. It's just like, oh, you're paid to be here. Do your job. Get out of my face. You know, so mm. the fact that you were nice and you were so like hospitable, you, you know, wanted to make sure everybody was good on the set and you already had to worry about everything else yourself. I was just like, oh, you know what? I wish him the best, you know, so to watch that project and to watch you after that. And watch you go home and drop the video and the video looked good. And I'm like, yo, this song is this song is a bop, you know. <laughs> so I was just really just grateful to be a part of that project. And you were yeah. the first Afrobeat artist that I that ever asked me to be on video. Oh, wow. When we were gonna shoot that video, we met with this studio called Spitfire. And Spitfire happened to have a red camera, mm, which wasn't camera. even like officially out yet. Mm. So they had like a beta version. And I don't know if you remember, but we could only shoot for like five minutes at a time because it got really hot and they had to turn it mm. off and it would have to cool down. Well, I mean, we might not have told you guys <laughs> that that was the reason why. Because we needed what, that five minutes. We were like, <laughs> yeah. So we would do five catch minutes, our breath. <laughs> you know, and then take a break for like, I don't know, 10 minutes and then have to shoot. We could only shoot for five minutes at a time. Oh, but wow. anyway, the backstory is what became the red camera was what we shot that on. And that was the mm -hmm. first time that a music video was shot on that. So mm. um, I'm saying ever, period. Wow. The very first music video. Wow. That was shot on a red camera was Bossy Bamba. That's crazy. Yeah. Because, I mean, I don't, I don't even crazy. think they realized that they, it was good. Well, obviously the red guys knew what they were doing, right? They were mm -hmm. trying to launch this product. But Spitfire was just like, oh, you know, we got this thing. And they wanted us to, like, try it out and see what happened. So, and then they showed me some footage. And I was like, yo, this looks crazy. Man. So, anyway. Beautiful yeah. set. Beautiful video. Yeah. And then we shot the video, did the edit. And then um, went back to Nigeria, and it was by far the best video anybody had seen at the time. Mm. And not just that, that was the reason people started going to shoot videos With in South red. Africa. Mm. Because everyone wanted that quality, mm. and the only place they could get the quality South Africa. was in Johannesburg. On the continent. On the continent. Wow. And so, without realizing that you were part of 
Afrobeats history. Man, put some respect on his name, man. <laughs> no, put some, put some respect on your name, too. Hey, turn up. I didn't get was, a red camera, man. That was you. <laughs> wow. But anyway, so, yeah. That's so that so was, cool. That was, a, that was an interesting um, thing. I, I thought that we would have a moment to talk about it, and I would tell you what happened. Like, so what you're saying to yeah. me is that you single-handedly changed the game when it comes to music videos well, and Afrobeats. If we're talking about... Well, so I'm not one to brag, but if we're talking yeah, about... Yeah, let's do it, though. If we're Sometimes talking, we gotta do it. If we're talking about game-changing, <laughs> um, yeah, I have, a, I have a lot of accolades. Period. Plenty. Yeah. Period. In 99... Okay. We were trying to figure out a way to get music distributed, like mm-hmm. just a- across the country. Um, and the only thing that was available were the pirates because... They, it's a long story, but these guys basically would dub cassettes. This is back in the era of cassettes. Mm-hmm. And for the Gen Z folks who don't know what cassettes are, it's this, <sighs> I don't even know where to start. Google it. But anyway, <laughs> so yeah. Don't stress my so they life. Re- <laughs> they record these cassettes. So a DJ uh-huh. would do a mix and then they would put it on a cassette and then they'll take the original and make copies of it. Mm-hmm. And then they would sell the copies. So that was the only way we could get our music outside of Lagos. Mm-hmm. Right. As opposed to, you know, other than selling it ourselves, there was no distribution, no physical distribution of any kind. Mm. There wasn't any digital at that time, right? No. So you had to either sell the CDs or sell the cassette tapes. Okay. Right? So anyway, so we worked out a way to legalize the pirate network. And Mm. because of that, and by we, it's myself and a gentleman named Fab. Everyone knows him as Fab. Baba Jide Famalusi. Okay. Um, He was my manager at the time. So we basically went and we legalized the pirate network, and that's how Nollywood blew up. Because the DVDs and the movies started to get everywhere through that network. Mm. And the same network extended all the way to Gambia, like all the way across West Africa. The same same physical network. Wow. There are a bunch of things. But the way that I think about it is I was lucky to have been born when I was and to have had the challenges that I had. To have been able to contribute in the ways that I did. Mm. So I don't feel like it's something that, you know, I feel like it would have happened anyway, maybe. Um, So I think of it more as a thing that I'm proud Mm. of just being lucky to have been there to do. As opposed to, oh, yeah, I did this. Yeah. To have been chosen. You've always been a humble spirit. But we don't have time for your humility, man. <laughs> your documentaries, man. You're that guy, man. Pop it, pop your collar. Yeah, but yeah, pop it. So yeah, I mean, just yeah. There's, Congratulations there's so many, so many and thank things. you, thank you so much for just like believing in yourself enough to. I don't even know if you realized you were opening up the doors that you did at the time that you did. I think you were just trying to set a goal and meet it. But thank yeah. you for for having integrity and for having standards like no it has to be quality no it has to be this because somebody has to make that decision to push it that's what pushes the culture in my opinion absolutely you know so thank you absolutely maybe we don't thank you enough thank you (laughs) and this is and this is your show by the way so Ah. what are the and and i'm going to get back to you know a lot of the questions i have a bunch of questions for you okay um because i feel like there's so much about you as a person and what you've been able to accomplish that you're also sitting here not realizing mm. <laughs> how much you've pushed the culture. Cause you just mm. said, Oh, you know, I can count the Afrobeats artists that I've worked with, but believe it or not, as an insider from the Afrobeats side of things. Okay. Um, I would tell you that 
much of what you see or much of what you've seen over the, the last like two decades um, in the videos have come from people seeing you. I remember, mm. I remember the dancers that I worked with 2010, 2011, 2012. Believe it or not, they used to go online to see some of y'all's videos so wow. that they can sort of figure out what to wear. You, so, <sighs> the costumes, the outfits, the looks. Do you remember what you wore in the Bossy Bang video? Yeah. Someone actually had me buy that, like as costumes for the for the dance wow. for the dancers. Yeah. So there's so much that you're that just doing so your thing, right? Where crazy. you're where you're at. You don't even realize, oh, people are seeing this stuff. That's the thing about passion, right? Mm. If you're really passionate about what you do mm. and you don't settle unless it's like really, really good. Mm. You inspire a lot of people without even realizing it. Amen. Because like you said, that's what moves the culture. That's what shifts these bars. That's, yeah. And, Man, and you did me, a lot. So, yeah. For me, I I just had people around me that didn't think that I was able to do it. Mm. And I knew I was, my mom always called me a star dancer when I was in her African dance group. Um, but it was the tip money that motivated me. <laughs> You know, the Africans will spray money. That's right. I see a 50 on the floor and dance harder. Like, ah, let me get the rest of it out. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like American dance doesn't work like that. So, um, but for that, it was like, you know, I went to college and I left school to go on tour. Now, that's something I don't want to advise somebody to do. You know, don't start something and not finish. However, if you feel like it's in you for you to pull that thing off you don't need somebody else to tell you that you can do it you got to be like okay do I trust myself <laughs> you know what I mean like do I think I can do it and then it, as soon as you take that first step you can't stop so at that point I was in college and even after that my family just I was supposed to be a doctor there was no way I was supposed to be in entertainment at all and everything about what I was going to school for, it was exciting, but it stressed me out. The one thing that didn't stress me was performing, was being in rehearsals. That was just the thing that was like a no-brainer. Mm. So I didn't realize that I was as good at, at it as I was until, until like I was, it was like I ran the race and then I stopped and I looked back and I was like, oh, well, I've come a long way, you know? But when you're in it, you just trying to make sure that you're not wasting your time and wasting your energy and giving people the satisfaction of of seeing you fail and mm. fall and stay there, you know, mm. or quit. So that was just something I could not give my family the, the I just couldn't give it to them. I was like, <laughs> no, I must do this thing. So, <laughs> so, so I'm grateful, you know. As having Nigerian parents, wow. and both of your parents are Nigerian, both of correct? Them, yes. And I'm, and I'm sure the Nigerians listening are wondering how you were able to pull off dropping out of school hmm. to become a professional dancer like how do you do that especially at the time oh first of all us being nigerian we if we're gonna go to school we we like we, we go all the way yeah we we all, love it all the way so here <laughs> i am you know i'm trying at this point school was like although it was stressful it was kind of easy to me so I was like probably like 15 or 16 credit hours. I went and got an override to do 19 credit hours, just doing the most, just so I can get out of school fast so I can finish my dance career. And <laughs> here my family goes, 
ah, we want you to change to biology. We need you to do, we need you to be a doctor. All this thing, put it down. You don't need it. Anyway, what is it going to do for you? Just, just, so I changed my major at, but I could not go down on my credit hours. I had to stay at 19 credit hours. Mm. So I had to change my classes. And so that, I was just like, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to fail and lose because you guys are just not impressed with the things that I chose to do. At least I'm in school. I'm on, I'm on scholarship. That's not good enough. I just got to a place where making other people happy just was not my priority anymore. But how do you do this as a Nigerian, live in a Nigerian household? Because you, first of all, there was no way I could have made those decisions staying in that house. So yeah. the first thing I want to tell you do to do rebels is get your own place. <laughs> <laughs> Work and get your own place. You can be your own boss. No, but so, <laughs> I could not do that being in the house. There's no way. Because um, even when I was there, it was always this family meeting, that family meeting to get me to change my major. So I right. had to leave. And then the other thing was um, I did a little research. Like I wanted to know how this thing worked like okay i started being on certain sets and they would speak about oh after a sag or they would say oh these people over here were earning more because they were part of a union or all these other things so i just kind of wanted to understand like okay in order for me to win at this because they told me i couldn't do it so now i got to Mm -hmm. so in order for me to be able to win at this i need to work for these people because they're going to pay me this i need to be over here because I'll, i'll be able to have more access to things atlanta was not um, what it is now. So in order to get those opportunities, you had to kind of go to New York or travel to L.A. So you got to trust your gut. You got to have some kind of level of independence. You can't just be dependent on somebody and they'd be like, oh, I'm going to make it on my own. No, no, no. You have to like be willing to put in that work, lose sleep, wake up at different hours of the night. Like at that time, before I dropped out, I was doing, I used to work at Acon's facility. I was in, interned there. And I, w- I worked under a choreographer that he used to have in his spot. And so, although I wasn't... Convict. Yep. Yep. It was <laughs> called The Complex at the time. And it was right. off of Northside and 10th Street. And it was a, a white and black building. And it was him and Divine Stevens. And Divine. Yep. yep. And this shout was, out to Divine Stevens. Shout out to Divine Stevens for giving people <laughs> opportunities in the city. Yep. Um, and this was right before they, uh, they signed Gaga, Lady Gaga. Oh, wow. So, we're here and they were like, well, we need you to be here at 12 or at 1. I was like, okay, and here I am taking classes at 6 and 7 o'clock in the morning just so I can be done with school by 12 so I can be there by 1, Mm. you know. So, and then I'll be there all day till 9, 10 p.m., go back to school, do my homework or do my homework while I was on a break or whatever, finish my homework, go to sleep, sleep three, four hours and back up for class. Like I I was committed to that, but it just got to a point where I was just like, you know what? I kept turning down opportunities that I never saw come back to me. Mm. Like, and I didn't decide at that time that I was going to drop out of school. Like, I didn't tell nobody that's what I was going to do. It was just like, okay. At that time, it was Black Eyed Peas, and they had a tour called Energy Never Dies Mm. World Tour. And so um, Black Eyed Peas was different, and they weren't in Atlanta. And Ludacris was um, one of the acts that were on the ticket and so i was just kind of like okay here's a rapper but he he's like a professional rapper like he's not like a hood thug rapper i'm not gonna go and die you know um and i'm like he's everywhere he i I just it just it felt right Mm. and so and i had already worked with his team once before and so that that was the one that made me be like i'm out Y'all can have this. <laughs> Shout out to here. Luda. So Luda is the person that dropped you out of school. Oh, 
wow, the way you can twist their tail. So, so Ludacris, wherever you are right now, you are hearing this thing. You are the person that made a Nigerian hey. doctor. You, you denied us of another doctor. You robbed doctor. my mother of her, of her bragging rights. You denied us of a doctor. Thank you. It's, it's enough of them out there, Ludacris. Don't worry. It's not, there's not enough of Nigerians like me. Now there are, and I'm happy to see it. But back then... There wasn't. There's so. still there's still a lot of opportunity, I think, um, yeah, for, sure. for for like Nigerian, especially like Nigerian American, mm-hmm. you know, um, dancers. I think. But if we're talking yeah. Nigerian American dancers, you're right there, at the peak of it. Yeah. Do you realize that? Nowadays, when I when when people say it out loud, it uh um it will register, but it's still weird for me. It's still weird. People how does are like, it oh, make you're a celebrity. I'm like, that's weird. Yeah. How does it make you feel? Um. Like I'm old. <laughs> um, it makes me feel like like my prayers had like a place that they went to mm-hmm. for real. It makes me feel like like dang, I really I feel like I did something. You did it. Like But you did do it. Yeah. I guess. Did he did it? Wow, that's deep. <laughs> Somebody be listening. They think they probably think we're smoking weed, but we're not smoking. We're not smoking. What do you find most satisfying about being a dancer? Like, what do you enjoy? I think it's, for me, my favorite part is the show. Okay. Like, live perform. I don't really care much for, no offense, I don't really care much for music videos. I don't care about those things. I love the energy that you feel when you are in front of a live crowd. And the screaming and all of that, that you're just in a space. I can't compare that feeling to anything else where you're just in this space of just positive energy, positive energy roaring from thousands of people in the same room. I I don't know any technology that compares to that feeling in your soul. You know what I mean? That is my favorite part. Coming back from that. You can't just go home and sleep. You have to go and celebrate. Like the night literally continues. There's nothing else you can do. And then when you wake up from it all, you know, you may have to get on a flight or whatever. But once you get home and you stop and you look back at pictures, it's almost like, "Eh, I did that. (laughs) Like what? We we just lived that. That's crazy. You know, so... And then you're just like, okay, let's do it again. You just start the process all over again, rehearsals and all of those things. So you get to the stage again. And it's just like this ongoing, um, people say body high, I guess, but it, it really does feel like that. Like you're just flying for one moment. You just forget about everything, you know. Have you ever had a time in your career professionally where you didn't have much work and then sort of like a lull, so to speak? How do you stay motivated? you through those periods? Um, you stay motivated by figuring out what the next step is. Like people say you're as good as your last job and you are a gigger. You don't have the luxury that people that work regular nine to fives professionals have. You are constantly looking for your next way to eat Mm -hmm. so you gotta constantly like be thinking in the future you have to exist in the future you can't exist in the past and you could barely exist in the present because that project may be one week long and it's over Mm 
So you got to constantly be like, okay. So what helps you is trying to stay in shape and making sure that you use that downtime to like take your new pictures, update your resume, get your business stuff in order, update your reel, whatever you already did. Make sure you get it to a videographer or somebody to edit it and add it to your video, your visual resume so that your visual resume is exciting. And then you thinking, okay, who can I send it to? You, you have to be smart. You have to understand this thing is a business. And just because it slows down doesn't mean it's going to stop. Right. It's only going to go because you make it go. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's what motivates me. And then I train. Like, in the downtime, that's the time to get sharper. You got to sharpen your tools. You got to figure out what else you can do. This is the time where I may change my look. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> or sometimes I just dabble in something different completely. Mm. You know, um, I've... If it got slow in Atlanta, I'm I'm off on a plane to L.A. I already planned this trip two months ago. You mm-hmm. know, like I'm in L.A. because I know this is happening in L.A. You got to also research and, and figure out, OK, what's happening where at what times? That's where I need to be. So if Atlanta's happening hip hop awards in October or, or September, then you make sure you're in Atlanta by August because the auditions are going to be a week, two weeks beforehand. So you got to be there early. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. BT Awards is happening in L.A. in June. Be in L.A. in June, taking class, getting your stamina up so that you can be a part of those productions whatever's happening you need to just like you know the dates on the calendar for these holidays you need to know the dates on the calendar for these shows and put yourself where you need to put put yourself in a space you know what I'm saying like try to get around and those relationships people will reach out to you and say oh oh well you may not be on the official you know like email blast or whatever but you may have a friend that says oh did you know this was happening and invite you out and then you know so you gotta you have to nurture those relationships and be real about it you know but yeah I guess I that was long winded no and, and <laughs> I, I like that you're you're taking time to explain it because for those who are listening who want to be like you mm. when they grow up these are the tips. These are the mm-hmm. gems that they need really to um, some of them. Maybe they're already doing it or, you know, maybe this is what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, but for people who don't know or who just need validation from someone who's done it successfully, mm-hmm. I think it's good that you share and you give you provide detail. Well, so, thank you for that. Yeah, no, Thanks for sharing that. Yay. Um, and <clears throat> you talked about looks, right? OK, yeah. Um, so right now you've got what I would call <laughs> the Wakanda. look. <laughs> I would call it the Wakanda look just because I'm corny. Oh, Lord. Um, But she has right now. Oh, here we go. um, I don't know what they're called. So someone's probably going to see it and be like, what the hell was he talking about? But she has on it. It's like um, um, you guys have seen Wakanda forever. So she was in Wakanda forever. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, So she's got the Wakanda forever look going right now. He but, didn't say but anything. Speaking, <laughs> but speaking of speaking of speaking of looks, um, uh, and, and speaking of Wakanda, yeah, you have worked on a ton of projects in your career. Like, yeah. I mean, I already kind of knew a lot of it because I follow you on Instagram and I see a lot of the stuff that you've done. I follow the Beyonce stuff, the Luda stuff, well. the Wakanda stuff. But you have done so much. Mm-hmm. And and I and I figured if we started going through the list of the things that you've done, we'll probably be here till tomorrow morning. Is it me or is it you? Is hey, <laughs> we'll probably be here till tomorrow morning. But what are the most exciting mm-hmm. of the projects that you worked on? And you can start from the beginning and sort of you know work your way to Wakanda Forever because I think that's like your that's that's the latest project you worked on, right? 
Yeah. Uh, Most recent? Um, well, I'm sure you probably have stuff that's not out We filmed yet. that last year. That's just the project that's out. Okay. Yeah. And then there's the other one that I'm involved with that doesn't come out till December 2024. So okay. sometimes you have to sit quietly and be patient for a year or two years before the project something you released. worked on yeah, comes right. out. But um, Start from the beginning. From ooh. the beginning. Let's go all the way back to, okay, I'm in, um, you know. One of my first few gigs was. First few gigs, like the exciting ones. The exciting ones. Um, my first big break was I, the first person I ever did private lessons with, like to teach them how to move their hips, was Carrie Hilson. And that was in high school. And then I did, I worked with Sierra after that. And Sierra did a music video with Missy, which I wasn't there for the shoot because um, it was in LA and I was in Atlanta. Um, but it was called Work. And what was exciting was, okay, so part of that process, right? So coming in as a choreographer, you're coming into a room with other choreographers. When you have artists that are global artists that are known for their performance, they're always trying to outdo themselves. So they always bring a team of people to work on one one number. Right. You know, so you may have four other choreographers in the room or they may invite six or eight and then be cut down to four. Mm. So... You know, you never get the song beforehand. You only hear the song when you're in the room and you may have 30 minutes, 20 minutes to come up with what you what it could be. And then if they like it, they keep you. If they don't like it, you get asked to leave. So I'm doing a project. It's my first time being in this type of environment and I'm not really understanding my position. I'm understanding that I'm making up dance steps, but I don't, I didn't realize that like some of the people that I used to watch in other people's music videos are about to come learn from me because they've chosen my dance steps to keep mm. for this. So this is my first time. So I remember meeting, there was a dance named Othan and she was in everybody's music videos at that time. Hammer, Missy, you know, whoever, like she was like always this girl. And so I I'm shaking hands, I'm shaking and I'm shaking hands with her. And I'm like, it's nice to meet you, oh then. And I turn around, I'm like, okay, five, six, seven, eight, like I'm about to teach you this dance. <laughs> like, how am I learning? Like, how am I teaching you? Um, and then also uh one of those, one of my other first projects um involved this this girl named Brandy Evans. And she's now the star of P Valley. Oh, wow. But that was her first gig, too. Well, that was with Carrie Hilson. And, you know, so, like, it's exciting. That that was exciting because I got a chance to meet an OG. I got a chance to, that was my first time understanding that whatever I had to bring to the table was good enough to, to keep. Mm. And so that was when I started believing in myself. It was exciting because I got a chance to say, okay, well, to understand, like, after you create something, that's one thing. Even up, up until Black Panther, you create, you create. But what they keep, you never know. Mm. You never know what they're going to keep. Like with Black Panther, they kept like one second of a, <laughs> of a five minute piece. <laughs> <laughs> what? You know, but you're like, yes, it made it. So that's the part for you is like it's anything in entertainment, live performances, everything is not over until that product comes out. Right. You can never fully breathe. So to see like in, in some of my first projects, 
you know, understanding that I made the cut, I made the cut, I made the cut. And then to see my choreography being performed, even up until today, if if Sierra performs that song live, she's going to do some of my choreography. If J-Lo performs a certain song live, she's still doing my choreography. So it's like, dang, I've they've been doing my stuff for 10 years or however long it is. So that's pretty exciting. Um, so, so we started from Carrie Hilson. Carrie Hilson. Sierra. Sierra. I'm, I'm actually, I want to name drop. I know you I mentioned J Lo. Okay, you did Usher. I did Usher? Um, did some choreography for Usher. Did some choreography for J Lo. For J Lo. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Um, another thing that was exciting for me was working with Missy, and understanding how long it takes for her to shoot a music video. <laughs> Two days. What are we doing? But like to see all the things that happen behind the scenes. To perform live with her was like a whole nother energy because even when we're performing live with her, we're we're doing chants. Like there's some of the words to the songs that we have to say. So I remember doing Lose Control live and I just remember screaming like, yeah, like, we, like we're on stage and we're like, we're literally like screaming, doing the choreography. Like we're just, we couldn't believe that something that we grew up watching now, I'm the, I'm the person like. That feeling, I, I don't, I never, I never get used to it. It's still very odd to me. I still feel like there's so much more I want to do, you know. So, yeah, th- th- those things are exciting. Building up to, oh, so Beyonce. Dun, 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 dun. When I saw that, I, I called my daughters. <laughs> I sat them down. No, literally, I sat both of them down, and I said, "You see that lady over there." I know her. I met her when she was like just starting out. Yeah. Matter of fact, oh my gosh, she was in my video. Can I show you guys? But they always tell me to shut up. (laughs) You know, when it comes to my music, they think I'm Imagine your dad's a legend and you don't want to watch this video. Whatever, whatever. Oh, wow. So I was like, yeah, I know her. And they were like, no, you don't. She's on stage with Beyonce. I was like, I do know her. But that moment for me, I was so proud. Thank you. So, so proud. Thank you. Yeah, so... I was going to ask a silly question, which is how do you get selected for that? Obviously, they're looking for the best. So let's forget about let Forget I even asked that. But I how- wasn't even in, I was invited to that audition by her choreographer. But like the agencies did not send me the notification for it because at that time I I stopped having agents since 2012. And I've booked like Super Bowl and Beyonce and Black Panther without an agent. Beyonce's audition was like maybe like. 14 hours. It was long. It was a long day. Oh my God, a long day. Missy's audition, long day. So, you know, but this is them talking to agencies and still the word somehow gets out where other people show up. Mm. If Beyonce says I'm having an audition, do you know how fast a 10,000, <laughs> 20,000 person line will be outside? Right. They will need to audition for a whole month before they saw everybody. So they have to go to these agencies that house these best of the best talent, you know, um, world-class talent. And there's quite a few of them. And then they, they, they put out, what they want, mm. what they like, what they're looking for. This is the body type I want. A lot of time it's typecasting. This height to this height. I didn't fit the height. I still went. <laughs> so still go. Make sure you make sure you show off. I don't care. That's, that's that Nigerian. It's like a hand. I said. They said what? They need what is it? Five four. I said. Let me do a high ponytail. I'm five four <laughs> now. In Jesus name, hey, Amen. I'm gonna wear a heel and shoes with height. You know. So you like if you stand really tall to try to make sure you make the cut, but. um 
So yeah, they sent the, they sent the notice out to the agencies, and I still found out. And then her, but her choreographer had called me. Was like, hey, look, I'm coming to town. I'm looking for dancers. I don't know if you're gonna get the notice, but it's gonna be at this place on this day. I'm like, okay, cool, thank you. But luckily, I knew her choreographer because he came out of Atlanta and we grew up together. Mm. And a lot of times with some of them, I was always supportive of other people. I didn't even believe. Sorry, I'm, I'm going away from your question, but I didn't believe in the beginning that I could be this big choreographer or this big person. I, I, I didn't dream that big yet. I didn't know. I was always told I wasn't going to be able to do something. So me, I was just trying to do local, local mm. <laughs> champion. I didn't know that I would make it to that to that level. So, so a lot of them, but for them, I was like, yeah, they're going to be able to do it because they had the the gut to move to LA at 18 years old. I didn't move to LA till I was like probably 25, something like that. But they they were like 17. I'm in LA, you know, just figuring it out. So when they would have these um, things they wanted to submit for, like for Britney Spears or Janet or whatever, and they would ask some of us to be a part of their like presentation to them visually. So I would always film that mm. with them. So, you know, I think he just remembered those things that I did like in the beginning of their careers and gave me a personal invite. Otherwise, hey, I would not have been there. Wow. But yeah, so long story short, I showed up and I showed up with batons. <laughs> when they were asked, they asked for specialty steppers. Here I am with batons, batons like, how about this? So when, <laughs> I, when, I, building. Saw, when I saw the batons, I was like, Wait, she can do that? But then... Shocking. Yeah, please tell us the baton story. <laughs> okay, so my my dad did not move here when we moved here. So my mom was a single mother. And there was this local organization in the neighborhood that promised young girls that if they were in it, that they would get a college scholarship. So my mom, she was actually the first one to, to drop school where she was paying for and work two jobs she worked at burger king and checkers like that and she would be able to pay for me to go to this thing so at five years old i am in this baton organization and i i now i think about dang like she was committed i did it from five to 14 wow so i mean she didn't stay at burger king and all those she she ended up working at hospitals and stuff later but like I'm like, she was down to like sacrifice and commit for this. So I know when she, she didn't even know I was at Beyonce's thing. She had no idea. So I have actually have video of when she first knew about anything. Cause my mama can't hold water. So I couldn't tell her a thing. So the way she screamed was, it's just, I will never forget it. But anyway, so long story short. So there's this organization that teaches, you know, there it was a baton organization. And really we learned from Olympians. We wanted to be like Olympians. It was nothing about a band. It was never a band. It was not about like majorette and drill team i didn't know anything about that it was twirling teams and acrobatics and af- you know um uh what's the other thing they do um i can't remember the name of the other uh style where it kind of branches off into gymnastics okay um and aerialist kind of work mm-hmm. in the olympic category whatever but that's what we were so i'm five i'm in it i didn't start winning until i was like nine and ten and i started competing and winning and so i got to a place where i, I was competing for state one for state did national one national wow. and then got to international and i think i played six to like russia ukraine and some other places wait 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 wait, wait. Hold, slow down slow down slow down slow down so basic wait you can't just like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can't just pass down the street like just okay. Yeah, so I just went. I just did this thing international. Yeah, no, no. So you 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 passed state. You yeah, went national, mm-hmm. and you represented the U.S. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So and I was like eleven, and so um, 
we kept going in the organization and what ended up not happening is the guy was fraudulent. Hey, he did not like once I started winning like the pages and stuff, we understood later on down the line. We were still in it, but it was like after I got out, like when I was 18, 19, trying to go and be like, I got scholarships. We are immigrants. We don't know that scholarship is not on a piece of paper. What he got us were bonds, $50 bonds that matured, $500 bonds that matured in 30 years. Stupid things like that is what what we were given. As immigrants, we didn't know that that's not a scholarship. That doesn't Mm -hmm. even pay for anything. Like it's not even going to mature for another 15 years. Like so. But that was the draw that brought me there and that was the thing that motivated me to try to be the best so I can get that scholarship because Gloria sacrificed for me so Edidiong has to return she needs a return on <laughs> that, return investment. that investment that's right so not like losing was not I was not playing those games so and you know knowing that I had to compete against girls that was from like Ukraine and Japan and stuff and understanding how they focused or how they um, how they prepared I, if people that lived around me there's some people that would like talk on Instagram and stuff now like I used to be your neighbor I used to always see you twirling I never knew what you were doing I would always be practicing every day every day every day so I leave the organization when I'm 14 once we realized we were getting duped we left and I never thought I would pick up that skill again fast forward to boom 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 Beyonce audition And, and what's crazy is when I would do choreography for Sierra, I used to try to bring the baton into like they they somebody always tried to incorporate the baton into whatever they were doing, but they just was like it's too advanced, it's hard for you to teach it to an artist. I always try to give that away to an artist, mm. um, and they, they they would never be able to get it. So fast forward to the Beyonce audition, even the way I got to that audition is a whole. <laughs> Story. That's like tell the another story. time. Oh God. Tell the story. Let me tell the short version because it's crazy. <laughs> it is wild. I had a roommate at the time. I had a 2015 um C300, right? So you could open up the car with just leaving the key in your purse, you know, like just right. like in your bag. Like you didn't right. need the key. One key is dead, the other key is across town because my 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 roommate's friend came to the house to stay over and she went to visit somewhere else and took my key by mistake. So the Beyonce audition is today. I don't have a key to get into my car. Wow. What's happening? So I am freaking out. I'm getting ready. I'm like, oh my God, my key. Where's my key? This is the, the audition is happening in one hour or less. And I'm trying to figure out I'm not in line. I'm not ready to do this thing. Oh my God. So... I call my friend. My friend is like, I'm on the way. Um, I can pick you up. I'm like, okay, cool. So he says, let's just go to your car and see if we can get in. I said, dude, the car is the one. My spare key is dead and my other key is across the land. There's no way I can get into this car. And so we go to the car and the doors were unlocked. And this is something that you walk away from the, from the car for too long. It's going to automatically lock. lock. Right. The doors were unlocked. So. I go I go in the door, I pop the trunk, my batons are in there, <laughs> my resume is in there, and the outfit I wanted to wear for the audition is all in the car. I forget to grab the outfit. Well, actually, I, I'm, I'm thinking I have access to this car. I go in the trunk, I grab the batons, I grab my resume, I close the trunk, I try to go to the car door. It locked. What? I'm like... My friend is like, bitch, get in the car. <laughs> get in the car. Let's go. So I, I'm trying to figure out 
what kind of village people are here to destroy me today? <laughs> they will not win. They will not prosper. So here I am with batons in one hand. And, and the, the only reason why is because the hint that they gave us was like, come like you're going to a homecoming game. Mm. So some people came dressed like they're going to sit in the audience. And I said, I thought to myself, I used my number six. I said, me, if I'm going to a homecoming game, I'm on the dance floor. I'm the performer. Well, yeah, That's right. what are you thinking? <laughs> so I'm like trying to find a costume that looks like a drill team costume. And so I am so I pull up to the, aud- to the audition and I realize, well, I'm one of the best dressed here. All right. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> and so, you know, we go through the whole process. And I didn't have the picture I wanted, but luckily somebody else had a picture of me that I used. Oh, wow. And that was one of the things that we used to do. Like some of the girls in my crew, we would just keep each other's resumes and stuff in case somebody forgot we already had it in our car. So somebody already had a, a, a better picture that I wanted to use of myself. I used that. Somebody else had a costume of mine that didn't return that they had in their bag. I grabbed that. <laughs> and I, like, I switched into that one. Like, this one's even better. And so I, I do the audition. I get first, second cut. I'm there. And so... Now they're like, okay, it probably is like 50 girls left, but mm-hmm. they need to cut it down to like 10 or like, I don't need, they didn't tell us what they wanted, how many they wanted. So we're all just like scratching each other's so what eyeballs they, what out. Are they, what do they do? Are they like different things that they're asking you to do? Or are they saying, hey, each person just come out and just do something? No, you learn choreography. Oh. So, so you're going to learn some choreography. A lot of people were in flats still. And I'm like, this is Beyonce. When has she ever performed in sneakers? Like people just didn't have like... They were waiting for somebody to tell them what to do. Mm. And I was already like in my heels trying to learn this thing so that I can make sure I can, you know, do it in these heels and look comfortable. So some people look like they were in sweatpants. I'm like, y'all don't get it. (laughs) <laughs> go away <laughs> this is my job go away so so you know you learn the first routine you learn the second routine you're like okay dang I wonder if they're gonna ask me to do the first one again which they did so you have to remember all these things that you're downloading in your brain and then they were like okay we need specialties so they wanted people that did the stepping like you know the fraternity sorority thing right me they didn't finish school hey no that's not me <laughs> so I brought my batons and I was like can I can I show you something? Can I show you? Yeah. And they were like... Batons. Sh- sure. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> stupid. We asked for steppers. What does this have what to do with this? What is this? So, and those stillers were really low, but I twirled for so long that I I knew exactly how to like throw it up in the air and make it spin around enough seconds in the air to give me time to do whatever trick I needed to do. Mm. So, I just started doing... They played... I think they played Party even. The same song I did the solo to. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Like, she wanted to see it as I did it in the audition. <sighs> so, I'll talk about that. But, so, Beyonce's not there. I, of course, I, this is just the audition. Yeah, this is just yeah. the audition. So, I'm doing, I, I twirled. I did a few tricks. I did, I was like, let me mix it up with some dancing. I didn't have anything prepared. I'm freestyling. But I did tricks. I know that I've done this trick a thousand times. I'm going to catch it. Like, whatever. Mm-hmm. I think one time I hit one of the lights and I was like, okay, that's my last one. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. And they were like, they were just, they they just looked at me like. Stunned. And I, I didn't realize that. I was like, I didn't think to my, no, I didn't think to myself, nobody knows that I can do this. Mm. Nobody's ever seen me do this before. In fact, I haven't touched these things since I was 14 for real. To train really? it. No. Not to train in it. No. Uh, if I'm at a parking lot or a park, if I end up at a park on some grass, I may pull it out and do like a walkover or an illusion or something like that. But that's it. I haven't trained and like sweated. No. I'm just doing things that were still in my body. Wow. So, um, and then I finished and they were like, 
okay, thank you. <laughs> and I was like, great, all right. So I left. And so we finished the audition and they're making the final cuts. They didn't call my number. Or at least I didn't hear my number. So here I am, heartbroken. I'm leaving the audition. I'm crying. I asked my, my roommate, can I just use your, because they kept her. I was like, can I just use your car to go home? In my mind, I was like, I'm just going to cry when I get home and just go and drink some wine. And I was just so devastated. I was like, damn, I didn't make it. I get in the car. I'm driving to the to the exit. And this is the most dramatic day because it's raining now. I'm like, oh, Lord, why would you <laughs> forsake me? <sighs> you know, so because remember my keys, I didn't I'm not in my car. So I get to the exit. Somebody calls me back. And every time, every time something's waking me up in my spirit, the first thing that flies out is bitch. So somebody's like, bitch, get back here. They just called your name. They looking for you. I'm like, what? So I turn around, make a U-turn and. It's only like four minutes away from the exit, but like they're like they're walking in the room now, like get back here now. I get back. I literally the girl that her name was Valencia that calls me, which is the one that took my key by mistake. (laughs) So I'm like, but I get back. Yeah, I get back. (laughs) And she's like, just leave the car and park. I'm going to come get it. So I, I didn't have time to park. I'm running. I'm in my heels still. My makeup is probably running because I've been crying and they're playing the music to the very first number that we learned 10 hours ago. And so I'm running back in outfit wet, shoes wet, running back in the room with the last group that's standing already starting the routine. So I'm dancing. <laughs> I'm dancing in. This is so dramatic and stupid, but I'm dancing in and I'm like catching where they are. And I like finish. And I know they're filming. I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, you idiot. Why did you come back? You look crazy, <laughs> you know? And so when I left, I I did not feel good. Mm-hmm. I was like, did I really do my best just then? I don't know. I don't know if I did my best. I did my best the other times, but that last time may have counted more or whatever. So later on, two days later, I meet with my friend and she's like, what are you trying to do now? I was like, I really just want to do the music. Like, I just want to just leave dance alone. At this time, I have been dancing professionally since 2004. So this is 2018. I've done it for a long time at that point. I'm like, okay, let's just hang it up. Let's do the next thing. So she was like, you want to do music right now? I was like, yeah, let's just do music. She was like, you sure you don't want to do Beyonce? I was like, it would be nice. And she told me, she was like, you need to decide what you want to do. And that told me you have to decide in your spirit. Mm -hmm. Like, this is for me. You have to claim it and you have to see yourself doing it. And the moment I was like... I'm going to do Beyonce. Boom. My email. Bing. Can you make it to L.A. tomorrow? I was like, oh. Yeah, your flight is booked. Your flight is tomorrow. I was like, tomorrow. Can you make it to L.A. tomorrow morning? Like, your rehearsal starts tomorrow morning. I rush home. I throw anything in a bag. (laughs) And I just (laughs) lift to the airport. I don't look back. And I just, I was quiet. I probably had been quiet for, like, the whole rest of the day up until rehearsal and I just I think I just sat there like looked around like am I really here (laughs) is this really happening as in (laughs) what (laughs) I'm still looking for my keys not just playing (laughs) but yeah so I'm like and in, in my bag I threw the batons in I didn't know she was gonna keep it I had no idea. Nobody told me to bring your batons. I just threw I just threw them in a the bag. Wow. So we go through I think we're like a month into rehearsal. Wait, hold on. A month? Yeah, I I was booked as a dancer. No, 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 hold on. 
When you say a month, oh, from when you landed in LA, yes, you started rehearsing for yes. thirty days. Thirty days, we we rehearsed for two months before the show. By the time I got there, but in her Whoa. documentary, she shows you that she prepared for eight months. So there was so so you get there and there's already and there's some things I can talk about, but there's some things I can't. But I know that I can talk about this one because it's kind of in the documentary, but not so much of the specifics. So there may be some parts I have to leave out, but. Um, in the documentary, there's a visual. When it gets to my part, mm-hmm. when it gets to my part in the documentary, um, there's like a blurry kind of thing, and you kind of see me in the blur, and then it's me talking, and it shows Beyonce clapping for me and me twirling like in a rehearsal kind of setting. Right. Well, that was the first day that she saw me in person, and that was the day that she decided she was going to keep it in her show. So... Or the day that she decided she may want it in her show. Up until the last day that we were walking onto the stage, they were still making changes to the show eight minutes before we went on onto the stage. Wow. So I never was like secure. You know what I mean? Mm. So we're a month into rehearsals. We've learned her catalog is ginormous and they were still kind of making changes like oh we may keep this song we're taking that one out learn this one so we've probably learned like i mean i'm just guessing maybe like 15 routines at this point we and we still got more to learn Mm. you know because her show is like two and a half hours so we got we've only learned maybe an hour of a two and a half hour show we have a whole nother month to rehearse Mm -hmm. and um we go and we're in that room we're watching the people that have been there six months already do the entire show for uh, for the new people to see and so it's like a hundred people doing this show the dancers that are like and there's band as as well that's part of that hundred but it's like a good like maybe 40 dancers that are there or maybe maybe 30 dancers that are there that have been there that have made the cut to this point so they will be damned if you are going to come and take one of their spots right. so you're watching it and it almost feels like this was my first time being in this type of setting where everybody's hungry. Like, we are all starving to eat. <laughs> we all want that spot. Like, what? Like, I'm looking right at you because I want that spot right there. Like, and so that's so intimidating. But I thank God that my thing was just for me. And I think that's like the the biggest lesson that I learned is like, what is yours? What is for you? That's Only right. you can do it. That's Only right. you are uniquely qualified to do that thing. So you got to trust that. I had to learn how to sit back on that trust because my nerves definitely were going to get the best of me. We're in the room with her finally. And because before, like she rehearsed in a whole different space so you would barely see Beyonce you're like I'm dancing for somebody but I don't see them like is it real so you would see her but like she'll come and watch the show and like make changes and then leave and then we got to a point we started rehearsing with her after this time that I met her and I did the audition we started rehearsing with her for like now we're with her eight hours 12 hours 14 hours staring at Beyonce (laughs) like so is she like dancing with you the whole time or is she just sitting there she's hands on she's watching and she's up dancing wow she's she is she's the most hands-on artist i've ever seen in my life the most she knows every light cue every camera angle every camera choreography when this camera's supposed to move and go across the stage she knows if they're late she'll call it out you're late you're supposed to be up let's let's try let's take that back i'm like she know everything wow 
she knows everything down to what nails we have, what our hair color looks like, like all the details. She knows all the details. And she wanted to keep me and my likeness the way that it was, which I really, really appreciate because they almost changed my hair to black. Oh, wow. And when she found out, she literally called. What color called hair did you have? Blonde the whole oh, time. Oh, white. Right, right. I had blonde. I had pink at one time, but I had blonde. And if they changed my hair black, me. I don't care. As long as I'm on the stage. I'm on the stage. I've come all this way to L.A. to dance for Beyonce. You can't shave my I don't care. You pink. can't shave it. I don't <laughs> care. What is it? My, why, why should I care? So, because they want everybody to look identical. But mm. she was like, nope. She had blonde hair when she got here. Keep her in her blonde hair. Like, she was very adamant about, like, me, every detail of me. What I wore, like, that's a whole. But anyway, so we're at this backtrack to the month end. We're at the setting. And the choreographer is like, Diddy. He's like, do you have your batons? I was like, yep. <laughs> Brought him straight from Atlanta. He was like, great, go get him. So here I am. I was like, how long do I have? He was like, um, we'll have you, we'll probably have you do like the, we'll give you two songs. And then you, sh- you sh- he was like, do you need to warm up? I was like, yeah. He was like, we'll give you two songs. I'm like, two songs, that's eight minutes or less. So I have to run to the other lot that we, that I have my batons in. Mm-hmm. I'm sprinting. I get the batons. I sprint back. I go and wash the bottom of my shoes because I don't want to slip and fall trying to do some of these tricks. Um, my hands are sweating. I can't dry my hands fast enough. Oh, God. And so I'm trying to warm up and I'm trying to hide because he doesn't want her to know yet. He just wants to, like, drop it on her. Mm. So then I hear them play the song and I'm like, oh, this is my song. It's party. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, how am I going to do this thing and like draw it out for the whole song? Mm. And luckily I knew the song because this is a song with Andre 3000 on it. So I'm like, okay. So it's like exactly what I did on that day. She wanted the exact thing again. And I'm like, I'm freestyling. She was like, no, <laughs> do, do exactly, exactly what you did. That. The the way that they that I walked on in the actual documentary is mm-hmm. how I did it in that freestyle session or whatever. Wow. And um, some of the tricks we changed, but that was the one time where she wasn't singing. That was First of all, that rehearsal was my first time hearing Beyonce sing live. I said, wow, this lady really like, she sings like this for real. Mm-hmm. And she's just sitting down, just singing all the verses, just like nothing. <laughs> like it's just, I'm like, her face is not even really moving like that. <laughs> How is this like, what kind of juju? No, she is so talented. So mm. she's singing live and she puts down the mic and she just watches me. And I'm like, Oh, Lord Jesus, Beyonce is just watching me. Oh, God, is my hair out of place? I don't know. My mind was thinking about so many things. I'm like, oh, my God, don't drop. Oh, do you look too sweaty? Like, I'm just trying to figure this out. And I finish, and I just walk off the middle of the floor, and I just walk behind her, and I just walk, and I just sit down because I'm like, I don't know if she liked it or what, but I hope I get to stay. And every rehearsal after that, did she say anything? Like, does she does she make any like eye contact? Does she clap? Does she like? You seen in the documentary? She just was like, she stood up. She was like, I was like, and every day, like, even when we did the rehearsals, when we got closer to the show, we did the live show rehearsals. Um, I remember after we did the first weekend at Coachella, and I got off the stage, and Jay Z is on the side of the stage, and he's like, like. Good job, girl. I'm like, ah, <laughs> ah, <this is> crazy. <sighs> so uh, 
it's it's all a ble- it's all been a blessing and it's all been a dream and I just remember on the show day I was so quiet and Eddie Young I I can talk <laughs> you didn't hear beam from me I didn't say anything and my, I just was praying on the inside and this all of this from April 2017 April 7th no April 9th 2017 to June I think it was like June 4th, 2018, I was on a fast. I was on a serious fast. So in this fast, God showed me you can decide something in your spirit and you can have it and it will have your name on it. Mm. And if you give me anything, I will take it from here. So that day I said, I put my voice on a fast. I said, God, if I speak, let it be your words. If I do anything, let it be from you. Take my mind, take my body, take like take my hands, take my heart. You take it from here. If you ask me if I remember anything from being on that stage during my baton solo, all I remember thinking to myself is, girl, when you get off this stage, you got one minute to get into your next outfit because you're on the very next song. That's right. all I could think about was my quick change. Wow. Thinking about my quick change. I need to think about catching this baton. I said, Lord, <laughs> if I drop, you drop. So we drop. <laughs> I know God be looking at me sometimes like, this gal is stressful. I said, Lord, if you drop, we fail. So if you can't fail, so then I don't know. Let's go. Let's go, you know. So, yeah. But. Wow. Yeah, that, that moment was insane. She actually dressed me. Really? She dressed me. Wow. Yeah. I didn't speak a lot around her. But then when I did, she has like bionic ears. And so she could hear me when I'm speaking to somebody else. And she would just crack up. And she would just be like, "Leave her alone. I'll, I'll, I'll deal with her." She talk about me. I'm like, "Oh, she's going to what's she going to do? What she do? You know?" So I'm over <laughs> here being nervous and stupid, and she just thinking I'm hilarious this whole time. But anyway, she ended up dressing me because um, Marnie, her stylist, like whatever she gave me was just it was like I would like like some of the cuts of the outfit. I'm like, my booty's gonna eat that up. <laughs> <laughs> my booty's gonna swallow that one. And so, and she was like, "What about this?" When I said toothpick what about that when I said floss so Beyonce would hear me and just be cracking up laughing and my, mind you at this time I don't even know if I'm supposed to share this detail well we know Olivier okay so at this time she's you know she's constantly in meetings about her outfit choices because all of the things were custom Balmain mm-hmm. so what I wore was her outfit which was custom Balmain but that was the only thing that she felt was like gonna suitable, fit me right? and suitable for what I was doing because she wanted the booty to show a little bit to be high cut but she didn't want me to do tricks and open my ass to the audience and the <laughs> audience sees what I made of so she just you know like decided like okay she was gonna just convert one of her outfits to make it work for me um so here I am I didn't know that so here I am at the fitting two three people on me hemming it here to, I'm like and so at this point I understood, you understand when she's watching. She may not be in the room, but you know when she's watching. Mm. And so I understood that she was watching. And I was like, girl, hold back your tears. I just could not stop crying. I was like, God, this is me wearing Beyonce's outfit. (laughs) (laughs) I hope my yance doesn't break anything. (laughs) Oh, oh, don't embarrass me. So I'm here. And so I look down and it has like a Beyonce detail. Like it says literally Beyonce on the shoulder, like encrusted. I was like, this isn't real. Like most of the time I was quiet because I, I just 
couldn't believe what was happening. I just couldn't believe it. And I just also thought, oh, this thing doesn't end. We were all watching and we were all really, really proud of you. Like really, you. really, like literally this household, like my entire household. Did you see how my daughter came and came to say hello to you at the door? She gave me a hug. Okay. Now, that's those who know Tokesh, that's not, Tokesh stays upstairs. Oh, like, wow. She'll wave. She'll probably be up at the landing and just say, <laughs> hi, auntie, or whatever, and just go back to whatever she was doing. She came downstairs, put she her gave iPad me a hug. down. Yes. That's so cool. That's how, that's, and, 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 I, and I say that to say, there's so many kids out there who, because you were able to do that, mm. now believe that that kind of thing is possible. Mm. It totally is, though. Yeah. It really is. It's really amazing. Thank you. I just felt so proud 2018 was a really, really good year because that was my first time even being recognized by like African people. Like Afrima reached out and, and I got nominated for an award and won the award for Best African Dancer. And I was just kind of like, wow, it's been so long and I'm finally getting recognized for my work. I know it wasn't a lot of work in the African scene so much. You were kind of like you at that time is you and DeVito at that point were the only two people that I worked with. That job was just a really big blessing. And I got I'm glad I got a chance to really show myself. And it really just is a testimony to I just I blame it all on that fast. There was a time when I told God, there's no way you're there if I'm suffering the way that I'm suffering. And I feel like God cracked his neck and cracked his fingers and was like, little girl, let me show you what I can do. So that whole year was just like a testimony. That's amazing. Testimony for sure. That's amazing. And I think also um, being consistent, believing in yourself, um, obviously having God back you up. Mm -hmm. I think of the God factor as a catalyst, right? Mm. So that if you, you just sit on your ass and say, hey, God, do it for me, it's probably not going to happen. You're going to need to put in some effort as well. Mm -hmm. So all of the time that you, you put in, all of the effort that your mom put in to get you to know how to twirl and do all of the baton stuff. Um, Weird wizard type like, of thing. Just things. like really, yeah, because I was looking, I was like, wait, did so she learn? Random. Did she learn that like while preparing for this or has she always known how to do that? Always since I was five. So, yeah. So it, you have something that I think a lot of people should really pay attention to, which is mm. a passion for what you do, whatever it is that you're doing and commitment mm. and saying, listen, I'm going to do this whether or not this is, I guess, technically paying. Um, I'm going to do something that I really love. I'm going to give it my all. Mm -hmm. I don't know that there's enough of that mm -hmm. in the world. I feel like there are too many people who just want to get a paycheck, mm. who don't realize that you have gifts for a reason, mm -hmm. right? And this is one thing that I think about all the time that makes me feel guilty about stepping away from music is like mm -hmm. when you get a gift, this is like, this is God or the universe or whatever it is that you believe is like a supreme being mm -hmm. type figure has given you something. It's a blessing, right? Take this thing and go into the world mm -hmm. and make the world a good place. Make Do something positive with this, mm -hmm. right? You have the gift of being a creative. 
That's how I see. It. I don't see it just as a professional dancer because I know you do a lot of things. We talked about your bag, which we'll get to in a moment, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you're a creative director. You have your own agency. There's so many things that you're doing, but the consistent thing across all of those threads is the fact that you're very passionate. Mm-hmm. And you're doing it because you love it. I do. I love it. And you want people to get value out of what you're doing. Yeah. As opposed to, hey, let me see. Can I just make money doing this? Okay, let me just do that just because I so I can make money. And I always say that if you lead with money, you probably won't add enough value to last at anything. So I've known you since 2007-ish. Okay. That's what? How many years now? A long time. Um, what's Maybe been the 16. biggest change being a Nigerian American in the U.S.? For one, the pride, the pride, being proud to say I'm Nigerian American. I remember there being times when people would be around and not want to say what they were because. I can't lie that some people didn't want to do business with you, you know, based on how the news was portraying us. Mm. Um, at that time, Ukwa had a video. <laughs> I go chop your dollar. I go chop your dollar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. CNN. Oh, my God. They had a yeah. field day with that one. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I think that's the biggest one is from then to now, the pride. I'm so proud to be Nigerian. Always have been. Always will be me. I don't care. You know, so mm. um, I can't deny my blood, mm. you know, and my gifts. It all stems from there. And so that's one thing. The next thing is, what's the difference now? Ah, you turn on V103. Last, last. Now everybody go drop break. Ah, <laughs> am I in Lagos or what? <laughs> Yeah, so I'm on a radio station listening to Afrobeat in Wakanda, Atlanta. In Atlanta. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, you know, who wouldn't want it? Now everybody want to be Nigerian, look up their ancestry. They trying to figure, oh, I'm my Asian friend called me, my Asian best friend uh-huh. <laughs> called me at five o'clock in the morning. Friend, I said, friend, are you okay? She said, yeah, friend, I just realized I'm 3% Nigerian. I said, Crystal, get off my phone. <laughs> Get off my phone. I'm 3%. We the same, but we different. Girl, get off my phone. So everybody wants to be Nigerian now. You know what I mean? And I think that that's really important. Because there's a lot, there's a lot that needs to go down. There's a lot of conversations we need to have. There's a lot Mm. of similarities that we have. And we always talk about our differences with us and black Americans, but we are Mm. very similar. Mm. And I also think there's some apologizing that needs to happen because, you know, there was Slave trade some was, people sold it was, some people, it was two yeah. ways. Yeah. <laughs> like somebody had to sell them. You some know what I'm saying? Some people, yeah. Somebody was buying, but somebody had to sell. So right. I don't think that we knew what we were doing at that time. Like that it, we were we were selling to the devil, literally. But, um, you know, some of us knew. Really? Yeah, I don't, some do, of us knew. Do you think they knew the suffering that people were experiencing? They may, they may the, not, the level? They, so they may not have really understood it to that like. But they definitely knew mm. that they were sending people to a place that they were never going to return from. Oh, God. Right? So that, you know, and, and I and I guess it's easy to look back now and say, oh, man, those guys were idiots. 
it was the thing. It was a thing. It was a thing at the time for sure. It was the thing at the time. Right now, my people were by the the water, so we definitely had a hand in it. And and, (laughs) yikes! And uh, you know, and it's it's like it's like one of those things. What I wish and what I want to see and what I look forward to seeing because Ghana's doing it. So I hope Nigeria really like opens the door. Mm -hmm. Is people return? People need to be able to be citizens and contribute to you know um, the economy. And at the end of the day, you know, like. I guess I did get to a place where I was like, you know what? I want to see more Nigerians doing what I'm doing. I want to see I, if if I can be in a position where I'm working with Little Mix in London and I'm the creative director and I'm the person that gets to hire people, I'm going to hire Africans on these white people's stages. And that's what I did. I gave Africans opportunities to come and make some real money doing what they love to do. And I feel like that is what gives people the hope and the 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 want and the heart to continue is when you start seeing the the fruit of it like if you do something for five ten years and you don't see no fruit you're gonna give up that's right very rarely does somebody keep pushing to that 12th or 15th year when they finally see some fruit no you know so gotta pay bills you you gotta pay the bills and you gotta you know so i wanted them to earn a competitive rate and i fought for that and some people to some people that's out there that's worked with me i'm a villain i charge too much i whatever whatever but to other people i help them keep their lights on not even just on <laughs> you know what i'm saying like i got them some money for that one week they worked and made five thousand dollars or whatever it was that they deserved and they worked for but i just kept my standards high and that's i see you on that you know like that level of keeping that high standard i i am that person i don't believe why 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 am i wasting my time a dancer can fall and break their neck and that's the end of their career it's not like they have health insurance to fall back on whatever money they have or scrape together that's what they got to pay their medical bills with and that's it. That's where it stops. So it's like we got a lot to still fight for. And it's 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 a big fight. And I hope that Afrobeat dancers, African dancers, although I'm someone that is of Nigerian descent, I don't consider myself an Afrobeat dancer because that's not what made me who I am today. Mm-hmm. It's the culture that runs in my veins, but it's not the genre that made me popular or, or gave me my big break. It's not, you know, it wasn't popular at that time. I used something else. That's fair. But Afrobeat to me ain't going nowhere. Like, I feel like we just getting started. You we know what I'm saying? Started. So, and now everybody want a piece. Ed Sheeran wants a piece. Justin Bieber wants a piece. Selena Gomez wants a piece. You know, like, <laughs> who's next? Gaga? Like, what is happening? But, yeah. you know, like, okay, so if, if this is what's happening, the Afrobeat dancers, y'all have an opportunity here to really get your professional hat put it on want to learn some of them feel like they can't learn from anybody like somebody like me some of them don't even look at me and think oh she can actually educate me on something Mm. it's not just a job that you want all the time maybe maybe i'm offering a job maybe i'm not but at least i can show you how you can do this for 18 years i could show you how to make sure that if something's dry over here you're going where the where's milk and honey like you know, I can show you how to change your look. I can show you how to stay relevant. I can show you how to always be that that it person. I can sh- show you how to prepare. I can show you what a comp card looks like mm. or how to or how to construct your resume or how to construct your reel mm. or how to conduct yourself in rehearsal or how to turn down an artist when they're trying to sleep with you or how to do your hair, or how to do your makeup. Like I can teach you how to do this thing. You mm. know what I'm saying? And understand how to navigate and use, okay, this is what you want to do next. This is how you get there. How do they reach out to you? Because I know people are listening right now and they're probably like, really? She could do that dm me um this year so this year I, I used to teach something called hit the stage and it's a program that i developed because oftentimes when i'm on a project i have to develop the artist 
which means teach them how to perform better mm-hmm. or teach them how to do whatever my piece is really, really well so they stand out so their dancers aren't eating them alive, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I have to prepare the artist. But in some cases, because Afrobeat is such a new style or because, you know, I may be working with the artists in Houston and the dancers out there aren't on Atlanta or L.A. level, I have to raise the dancers level up as well. So I'm doing this dual... Um, uh, development, as you will, artist development and dancer creative development, mm-hmm. right? That, you know, I created a program about it called Hit the Stage. And I'm just teaching everybody how to hit the stage to understand what camera blocking is, you know, to understand how to work under pressure. I've seen, even I did the headies recently. Mm-hmm. I've seen some of the dancers that were doing the headies. There were so many changes that happened on stage and they're sh- they're showing it on their bodies. One of them just outright like shrugged his shoulders and like was having a full conversation on the stage about how he was displeased with how something went. We should never know when there's an issue. Mm. You better figure out a way to disguise it and fix the problem. Be professional. And think on your own two feet. If you see the artist kind of slipping up or they're in the wrong spot, get to them. You know what I mean? Because maybe they forgot what's next and they're they're freestyling it, but it's going to throw off the next number. So you need to try to get them on back on task like you got work to. There's so many. There's so many. It's not about you and how you feel about it. It's about how the show looks at as as a whole. So, you know, those scenarios I teach, I make mock environments for them to understand how to navigate. And then I, I mold them in that space. I teach them what camera blocking is and the whole idea what is of ta- camera blocking. So camera blocking is where the cameras are going to be at what times. Mm. So at the opening of a number, the camera may be in the middle of the stage, but by verse two, the cameras on the far right. It, it, it's kind of like um, the camera, the feed, um, so when you're watching a show, you see how the camera angles change right, and you're able right. to see different parts. Different, yeah. Okay. If you understand in rehearsal what that is, you understand how to mold the the show gotcha. to always the face camera the camera at the right time active. so they get the full thing instead of facing over here and the camera's over here catching the back of your head right. or the side angle. We right. need to create something that's always ready for that camera to catch. So, and you may be in a position where you're moving and the camera pre- people are in your way. How do you reset? Do you bump into them? Do you go around them? Or do you set back and adjust and all the other people pay attention and understand that something's changing right here on the spot? Mm. And nobody's going to tell me what to do. I need to just pay attention and just make it look like it was always supposed to be this way. So I teach them about camera movement and how to work with the camera and work with the artist and and pay attention. When they change things up, go with the flow. Um, And then I teach them staging, which is um, their positions. So maybe you all learned the dance. All 20 of you learned the dance from the beginning to the end. That's fine. But on the show, two people are going to start with the artist and then four people are going to feed in from the side. And then when they go to stage right, everybody's going to feed in and then make a diagonal. Like whatever the positions are to keep what what people are looking at exciting, Mm -hmm. you know, 
you got to plan that out right. and give them their spots. And when you get to the stage, you don't have something to show you where your spot is. You just have to kind of know. Figure it out. And yeah. so relative to everybody else. Yeah. Exactly. So when we are on the stage, we do camera blocking and we also do our spacing. And so we figure out, OK, these monitors are going to be our sides. This is going to determine where this line starts. So, OK, on this part of the song, you're going to start in between the first and the second monitors from stage right to stage left. It's so so mm. understanding those things terminology downstage upstage what does that mean mm. when you're so luckily i came from a performing arts background so i got a chance to learn all of those things so those are the things that i teach when i'm you know educating how people. do you how, how can someone who's listening how can they um become a part of that like do they just go to your instagram do you have yeah, a go to my tree? instagram like, follow my instagram diddy emma d-i-d-d-i-e-m-a-h follow my instagram i'll always be posting and telling you when i'm doing these things i don't do it often so if i offer it get your butt in there because i'm probably I, like i'm <laughs> i'm always doing something and working on something so when i secretly have to go away i'm not going to tell you that i'm you know doing a secret project beyonce's non-disclosure is 50 <laughs> years long 50 years so 50. you cannot talk about certain things for 50 years or wow. you get sued so there's a lot of projects things that I'm doing that I can't speak about yet so if I announce that I'm doing something it's because I have the time frame to do it and I may not offer that class for another four years so the last time I offered hit the stage was probably four years ago and so I'm offering it again where I'm going to teach artists and teach dancers and at the end of it we're going to come up with content and the artists will have a stand-in at first mm -hmm. the dancers will learn and learn the blocking with the artist because doing dance in class and then turning around and performing are two completely different things. Mm. You have to worry about completely different things. Now you have to worry about your spacing and the camera and the lighting and the sound and the music or oh, the music change. Oh my God, what's going to happen next? So you have to take direction and, and you have to be, be a sponge. And if you're somebody that doesn't take direction well, you're going to get fired quick. There's some choreographers, big, big choreographers that will fire you on the spot before you go to lunch. This, your replacement is already there. There. like you're gone like mm. so I always tell people don't get comfortable because what because you went to rehearsal that doesn't mean anything you are not done with your job until that check comes in the mail mm. until you got off that stage and it's the end that's it don't think because you made it into rehearsal room or you made it to the first live uh, sound stage rehearsal that you're done baby no you can get fired at any point and they will hire a professional that will look better than you and have the routine together before you can even know it. So <laughs> word it to the sounds, wise. Like, dan like what I'm learning about dancing right now is it just sounds super cutthroat. Like it feels like, yes. man, you have to be on the top of your game forever. Always. Because with the artists, I mean, you have, we have, I think we have a little bit more slack. Like we can, you know. Yeah, you're the, it's one of you. It's, you're the it's artist. You, it's you your do, song. You make a song. You've already made the song. It's not like, you know, and, and that's the interesting thing, too. Like, I was speaking to a friend of mine who was a comedian one time, and he said something. He said, oh, yeah, you guys get to just go out there and just do the same thing over and over again. Every time I step out, I have to come up with some new stuff. Mm. He's like, I can't do the same routine as I For did last cities. week. True. Like, if I'm on tour, yes. But once I'm off tour, that's it. The routine, that whole routine is dead. True. But you can literally... For example, David O can go on stage and do Skelly Wu and do the exact same dance years. routine, like just for as long as you know. The song. So, lives. so I think it's I think it's it's a it's an art form that is very challenging, mm. where people don't get enough credit, where it takes special people to be able to do it for as long as you have, and I really appreciate you even taking the time to 
have this conversation and also so being awesome. willing being willing to educate other people as well that is really really I think cool. that's what it's all about like because who else is going to do it <laughs> Yeah. Like seriously, that is like, really really cool. Who else is gonna do? It? People are learning from people that are teaching classes that never made it to a, a real stage. So what are they teaching you? How to fail? Quackery. How to how to be <laughs> mediocre? Yes, yeah, they're paying money just to be mediocre, just like them. No, please. Somebody just learned a couple dance steps and is like, yeah, I'm doing it. I'm doing a training. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah and you're working for somebody that anybody can work with them. Right. Everybody can't work with Missy. Everybody can't work with Beyonce. She doesn't she doesn't care to choose everybody. Right. You know what I mean? Like everybody can't work with Usher. Usher got the answers that he's had for 10 years and they're not. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you have to wait for a spot to open up. Like even for me coming in for you to get on a tour that was consistent. You had to at that time. God bless him. But R. Kelly was one of the people <laughs> that growing up like. He had the same four dancers on his tour. The dream, same, same, same scenario. Like if he had four dancers on his show, those four dancers were the same. Neo, same thing, same dancers. They, you, Beyonce, you will see the same girls with her for the next ten years. Mm. So, if you want a spot on that stage, you have to outdo the people they already have there and most of the time they like what they got right. so you gotta wait for somebody to get pregnant or somebody to hurt themselves mm. for you to have an opportunity to come in mm. that's how that's how it used to be and that's how it kind of still is so it's like it's it's 500 of y'all trying to get one spot that's crazy what's gonna make you different like I can prepare you for that I've, I've thank God had a career where I've done a lot of solos for a lot of artists and a lot of people for a long time and so I've had to learn how to like cut through and I wasn't the most brilliant dancer in the sense of I wasn't like ballet trained where I could do all these things and I'm super flexible I wasn't that I just knew how to entertain people and mm. like pierce through that regular degular shit like I just had to understand how to connect with Your people I'm inside you um, as I'm There's speaking, rice and stew is just <laughs> streaming down my veins. <laughs> okay, so wow. I said we we're going to talk about the other things that you do. Okay. Um, I, you had a you had a record that you put out. Dakara, get up, stand up. Dakara is get up in Ibibio. Ibibio. Mm-hmm. Okay. So before Coachella, I was like, okay, if I want to be an artist. I had been recording music since 2010, never put anything out, never felt confident about anything. Um, I was still trying to figure out what this sound is. I knew I wasn't making music out of Lagos. I am an American African. I am never going to sound like I lived in Lagos. Mm. I sound like I live in Atlanta. So, and what do we go through as American Africans? What is the type of music that we want to listen to? What is this? What is that? And so... um, it was like a pride song and it was like, you know, I was just basically saying at that time that be proud of where you're from. And my mm-hmm. whole visual, I creative directed my own video um, and my whole visual was just to show like whether it's um, like, oh, my God, so many. Ni- after, it was really after Coachella. So many Nigerians reached out to me from different walks of life. Somebody that used to write for Michael Jackson. Some uh, uh, Suen from the bobsled Nigerian women's team oh, reached wow. out. The veto call, like just different people, just crawl from everywhere. And I'm like, dang, we all over the place. Like I'm sure we're on Mars. For sh- if you go to Mars, somebody's making soya on Mars. <laughs> so we're everywhere. So we're everywhere. Yeah. So it was like, okay. So say that. 
let let it be known that you Nigerian. Like, mm. say that. Like, rise up. Like, we got to support each other. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, one encounter can change your life is one thing that I said. It was an affirmation song. Mm. And, um, you know, people wonder what we do. Feel the magic inside of you. You're here to prosper. You're here to raise the bar. Baby, no shaking. You are a superstar. Like, I'm just speaking life into us because where we're from I'm just going to say it out loud. We ain't always encouraged to go and do what we want to do. Before true. somebody can encourage you, they're going to tell you 10 ways how it's not going to work. That's right. So for me, that's what I grew up hearing. And I was so against that, mm. that I was like, I'm a beam it out of me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just going to go as hard as I can. And if I die trying, so be it. Like, I'm going to go for it. Of course, I don't want to die, but. Yeah. You know, I was just like, you know, I'm just going to really give it my all. So that was my message after all of the work was like, wherever you wherever you are, stand up, be represent. proud, represent, grab one, teach one, I help one. So that was the whole energy of the song. So I put the song out October 1st, 2018. Mm-hmm. After Coachella, I had some people that believed in me. Mm-hmm. After so long, and I was like, hey, the budget for my video is this much. You know, can you contribute? Somebody met me halfway. So I was like, all right, cool. I found all of my locations for the video. I ended up paying like $100 for one location. That was it. Everything else was free. Um, oh, wow. The choreographer was Sean Bankhead. Who, I mean, I'm sorry. The director was Sean Bankhead. Sarah Chips at the time became my choreographer. Um, at that time, you know, Sarah Chips is a redhead girl that's on Instagram. Shout killing out to Sarah it. Chips. Killing it. Sarah Chips, <laughs> shout out to you. I shot a lyric video for and that. Congratulations. On your baby. Yes. Congratulations. <laughs> um, I shot a lyric video for that in Houston. I was just in Houston one night. I was like, I'm a, I think I want to shoot a lyric video tomorrow. Sarah DM me. Like, this is like two o'clock in the morning. She was like, I'm down. Wow. I'm like, cool. You got a videographer? She was she was like, yeah. I was like, send me his work. I was like, cool. How much? Cool. I got that. It, she like helped me come up with everything like overnight. Nice. And so we went and shot it at like one of the zoo park or something things. Yeah. And we shot it in one hour. And the lyric video was did pretty well. And it was like, okay, cool. Well, I really she, like her energy too. She's one of, she's, she's awesome. She's another dancer that I saw like, I guess I, I would consider early. Mm. Um, that has really just like taken off. And I really... I'm super proud of her. She's yeah. awesome. She's yeah. consistent. That's awesome. And she's really about pushing the culture. But yeah, so she's also doing she's also doing a lot outside of just dancing, which is which is interesting because I noticed that you all do that. So you mm. have like a fashion thing going as well. So yeah. I know that there's the music. Are you yeah. okay? First of all, before we move on to fashion and all this, all the other things. Okay. Are you putting out any more music? Yes, okay. I will be putting out more music. Hopefully by the spring. Of so is it like an album? 2023. Is it like an, a single? An, an, an EP. Um, I, so I put out Dakara October 1st, 2018. By October 3rd, Lionsgate emailed me and wanted to use a song in a series. And I was like, okay, <laughs> sure. What, uh, what do you need from me? You know? And so luckily at that time, I did have a lawyer. I didn't have a manager at that time, but I had a lawyer. And um, I, I, I shot a music video the week before, no, the week before and got it edited in one week and put it right out. And um, got the producer, it was a Nigerian producer, um, video producer that did it. Mm-hmm. So I got this team to work on it. And um, and then after I put got the video together, got the final edit, I just 
I sent it to maybe like 10 people in my phone. Like, hey, what do you think about this? You know, I just put this out. Like, what do you think about it? And I know that one of those people gave it. I don't know what she did, but she put it through. She was working on Step Up Series at the time. So I Mm. know it was her. Mm. I know it was her. But there was also a Nigerian actor that was on the Step Up Series that had a episode. It was a second second season, episode eight. It was um, it's called the Azanto episode. Okay. So she had an episode, and my song made it to the episode. Wow! With Shake Body, oh yeah, Shake Body. Dun, dun, dun. So, right. um, so I'm like, what? Shout so, out to Scales. Shout out to Scales. <laughs> I hit up Scales like, hey, we're our songs are being featured on the same thing, and so BMI is like. Who is this girl that just, we don't even know how to find you and somebody's trying to pay you for your song. Mm. And so after that, BMI started inviting me to everything. Like, you're going to probably be our next Afrobeat something coming out of Atlanta. So, Mm. and I wanted that, but I was like, y'all sure? You know? (laughs) So I just think, you know, like even with the baton stuff and with the music stuff, I just think that um, I've always trained artists to be great performers. I haven't spent as much time being trained. I want to be trained by somebody else. I don't want to train myself to no, be. No, you already got the sauce, baby. I mean, got, I, I, I want to have somebody like. But what do you, you want somebody, okay, I, I think I understand develop what you mean, like, me looking at me, at you from the outside yes. and telling you, okay, yes, How I could no, be maybe. better. Okay, yeah, I see what you're I've saying. done, I've done, you know, like with my show, I've, I've, I've had some choreographers work on my show. I've, you know, develop my show. I've made my own costumes. I've done those things. I've opened up for people. I've opened up for Berna, mm-hmm. um, a concert that he had like in 2018 or 2019 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I opened up for Wande Cole a long time ago. Um, I opened up for Little Baby last year, which is so random. Wow. Um, yeah, that's what I said. I was like, what? I was like, okay. That's big. Hey, that's man, very big. I, <laughs> I never even put the video. I don't know. I I just don't put. I don't put thing. I don't say anything about what I do. But I never even put the. I never even put the video out. But I was like the only Atlanta person they could call that was like in that space mm. and that was willing to do that type of show. And I was like, okay, cool, excellent footage, excellent show. You know, for me, it's like okay, I need hits. Like I need, I need to work with people that are going to. Understand where I'm trying to go. I'm not trying to come out being like I'm. I'm not trying to push myself as I am Afrobeat. I don't live in Lagos. I don't. You know what I mean? But, like, but, but you said, but you said it earlier though that that, that Jollof rice and stew is in your my blood. veins, right? But you know how like Rihanna is an artist that's from Barbados and she will always give you that vibe, but right. she's not necessarily like a reggae artist, right? That like hall, right, I right. am yeah I, or dance hall she's not that she's a pop artist so for mm-hmm. me I consider myself like Afro pop mm-hmm. um, but I know one thing you put me on the stage I'm gonna fuck it up period oh, we know that <laughs> I'm gonna fuck it up <laughs> so now I just really want the music to match like I, I love what that song mm-hmm. did mm-hmm. and I would have done more with trying to push that song but there was somebody that was like on the back end on the paperwork of the song that didn't have anything to do with the song. Mm. And so when we, I didn't even know until, because I didn't register the song. Somebody else did. Now I register my own music, but then I didn't. So somebody else did, and they put their mentor on the song who wasn't on the song. He didn't have anything to do with the production, nothing. Um, and so I even, I, I realized it when we were in negotiations for Lionsgate licensing for the, the song. Right. And I'm like... Who are we waiting on to approve? What? Why is he on the song? What? So that just, that Mm. made me feel like, okay, 
And the fact that he was dragging his feet was like, why are you dragging your feet? Like, so you mean to tell me all this work that we did, you can be the person that could say no and then they could drop this whole thing. Like, so I just didn't have any interest in pushing the song at that point. But I do want to continue to push Dakota. I think it's a great record. Um, The music video is is great for it. Um, You know, it's it's older now, but I still feel like it's great. It's culturally sound. You're creative. You can create new stuff, too. Oh, yeah, I want to. I'm excited. And I shot it in the hood, but it looks like I shot it in Nigeria. I shot it in the hood. I just saw certain things. I was like, we can clean this up and make it beautiful. And people still don't believe I shot it where I shot it. But I did. You shot all of it here? Yeah. You I shot, shot some of it in, um, no? No. It was all here. And it was all in, um, it was, I shot it in Bankhead. Your fashion. Yes. What's up with that? So I have a, I have a purse line. Okay. Um, What's it called? It's called Uyai. Can you, I see it? U a u y a i. Yeah, I see, and I'm I'm saying, can I see it? But I I can see can one see across. <laughs> this is this is one of my. Uh, these are not none of the new bags. The new bags are. But that's dope. Yeah, but she's 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 yeah. No, don't look at that one. I'll show you a new bag. The new bags are beautiful. They have tassels on it. But this and stuff. is beautiful. What are you talking Thank about? Thank you. Thank you. She's you know she was she was more. Beautiful one. So are they like all custom or are you mass producing? What are you doing? I do want to mass produce, but for right now we're doing like 15 to 20 bags at a time. Okay. Um, Like this one is lined with Ankara on the inside. Okay. Um, But the idea is, well, they're inspired from me traveling. I've been to, as I spoke to you earlier in performing, I've been to 21 countries and one like a few, well, I went to, in some of those places, I went with this artist named um, Nicole Scherzinger. She was the lead singer of the Pussycat Dolls. Of course. Wait, so, wait some people it, don't know oh, who she is. Oh, I know. And I went with this artist. I mean, she's called, oh, do you know who she is? We some every If you don't know who Nicole Scherzinger is, I don't know who she is. I don't know. But let me tell you something. That girl gets $250,000 at, at that time. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's more now per show. And we were doing private shows. Wow. So we would do like one of the shows we did was for like the president of Russia's daughter Mm. and it was in Vegas and we performed for 15 people. And at that time, as a dancer, I was making four thousand dollars a week touring with her. So I was very happy, (laughs) very happy. So. um, So, yeah. So we used to go to really exotic places and we would do like private shows. I think the most. Well, we performed for big crowds, too, though, like in Malta. We did like a big MTV show. But sometimes we would do like little shows for like birthdays and stuff like that. Mm. But they didn't have little budgets. Those are the best ones. We would be in Venice, Italy. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. We did this Indian wedding. We so many wonderful trips. But it wasn't until I went to India with her. And I learned about manifesting and I had to watch my mouth and watch how I said things mm. because what I what I felt in my heart and what I need is what is what was going to happen. And I had to really be intentional about how I spoke about things. Mm. So that's what taught me about manifesting. And so um, from that trip, um, I remember saying, oh, I, I want to see an elephant. And then I'd be like, I'm not going to see an elephant. And the driver was like, Dis- make up your mind. You're telling the universe two different things. Mm. And I was like, what? What does that mean? You know, so that's where that whole manifestation conversation happened and practice happened and all of that. And then I, I wound up seeing an elephant when I decided I was like, I'm going to see an elephant today. He was like, no, you're not. He was trying to reverse psychology. me. I was like, I'm going to see an elephant right now. And boom, we run right into the butt of an elephant. And she was so beautiful. And people have them as pets out there in India sometimes. So, really? yeah. And they like walk them. They'll live in an apartment and have an elephant parked in the courtyard of the apartment. No. 
dead ass. And the <laughs> elephant would be loyal. It won't leave with anybody but their owner. And like they will walk it around the town and the, t- the town people would just like feed it fruits and stuff like that. That was like a thing. I didn't know. So on that trip, long story short, I, we get to the shops and I'm like, I want to remember this trip. So we go into this one store and there's this beautiful encrusted elephant pillow. And I was like, pillowcase. I was like, I need that. So I bought it. And so when we went to South Africa, so many things from the trips, I, I like I would see something that remind me of the trip of like a specific story and I would buy it. And so every time I went somewhere, I would pick up these trinkets that reminded me of specific moments in those trips. And so all of a sudden I had this collection of like international like little gifts. And so in mm. India, I bought a bag as well. So they had a bag that was made from old Indian costumes and it was a beautiful bag. And Everywhere I went, I got compliments on the bag. And I was like, you know what? I want people to come to Nigeria if they do. And when they leave, I want them to leave with a bag. I want them to leave with something that is a conversation piece, is, mm. an, is a movable art piece that reminds them of their trip, that looks high end, something they want to wear and want to keep and want to love up on. And so I went to my village and I um, found this, like somebody told me about the city that translates to City of Dreams. And I went there <laughs> and at first I got like a trinket from my mentor. My mentor couldn't have a, a kid. And so I went there and I was like, I want something. Can you make me something that's like a statue? It's like a strong woman and powerful, unbreakable. I told them the story of her. They made it. I prayed with my uncle, who's like a Catholic priest on the land. And then I brought it to her in America, gave it to her. Mom, here's your gift. I hope that, you know, you look at it and feel strong. Less than a year later, she has a baby. She's like, Diddy, I don't know what was in that thing, but that thing, the energy in my house changed. And I was like, okay. So I go back to the city of dreams where I got the statue Mm -hmm. and somebody's making this beautiful bag. And I was like, this bag is dope, but it was like black and white. It wasn't really like, you couldn't really see the details in it. I'm like, well, can we make it something that goes more neutral? I'm, I have blonde hair, so I don't really wear, I mean, I wear black today, but I don't really wear black a lot. Mm. So I'm like, I wear a lot of new colors. Can we do that? So I'm talking to him about the bag and he's like, okay, wait, come back. Mind you, you have to go two hours driving like this, up and down, shaking <laughs> to get to the village. So on the bumpy, oh god, dirt with the craters. Yep. Oh god, oh those things are scary. But I would, I would go on that journey like happy, like oh, I can't wait to see what he comes up with. So he comes up with the bag. I love the bag, and I'm like, okay. I know these people are in the village. I don't know if they know what high end is, mm. but. Yes, we do. We've always been it when it comes to fashion. We always know what to do. But I just kind of would go back and forth with him on details about the bag. So I, I co-designed the bag, but I'm not the creator. I'm not the maker. I don't hand make gotcha. these. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Um, and so we've worked on different sizes. And the goal is to get to a, a place where I'm making furniture, like how Louis Vuitton has like travel bags and stuff like that. Right. I want to make travel bags. African stuff has always been hot, period. That's so, right. um, And then the embellishments on the bag just kind of came from my... Um, not only my Beyonce experience, because that's that's why it's like some bees on the bags, but it's also from I just that like I said, that whole year was a year of like just big enlightenment for me. Mm. So I kept getting these having these interactions with bugs. <laughs> Very weird. But like this winged beetle that means rebirth, like came and like had an encounter with me and I was like I don't know what's going on but bug you must move in Jesus name but the, anyway <laughs> so I've had all these so I'm like I'm gonna put some bugs on the bags people are like what but I, I threw bugs on the bag like but they were just inspirational bugs bugs that spoke to me when I saw them mm. and then like changed the, the straps and I get the straps braided in Lagos and so it's a lot to produce the bags I kind of have to ping pong between Uyo and in Lagos, in Lagos yeah. the goal would be to be able to mass produce and manufacture the bags in Nigeria, which I believe that we can be like China one day. We can. 
Absolutely we will. can. I believe oh, that we and will. While we're on that topic, I just okay. wanted to slip this in. Okay. Styling, fashion styling, and music videos, no one in the world is touching Nigeria. Ha! No one. Say it again Let for the people in the time. back. For the people in the back. Please. Fashion styling. I just started watching the videos again recently, mm. and I can tell you right now, nobody anywhere on this planet is touching Nigeria. Can't touch it. Let's just be very clear on that one. Like, and we're ahead. We've always been. We <sighs> are ahead. We're we have beautiful minds. If I if I if I talk about Nigeria, I will get. See, Don't be me, emotional. Drink some Hennessy. I'm, I'm not going to get emotional. Happy. Here's my thing. Here's my thing. And so I have different sides. So that's the fashion side, mm-hmm. you know. So I'm getting into I'm getting into bags. I wound up. Um, I was in Dallas. I was at my my. I was with my cousin. We pulled up to this lawyer's house. Didn't know the lawyer. The the lawyer the lawyer saw my bag and he was like, "Where'd you get that bag from? Is it a Gucci bag?" I was like, "No, I, I designed the bag. Co designed the bag." He was like, "What?" Not knowing this is a guy that does negotiations for people to get their bags in Neiman Marcus. I mean, oh, their wow. their stuff in in Neiman. Marcus he was like do you have a package for it do you have a website like I was like no I just started you know he was like come back to me with this and we'll have I'll take you to the headquarters I was like oh okay so that's now like you know the goal right nice we have such a great sense of like just style fashion like yeah so yeah we I think we totally get it the new bags the the bags I want are gonna be sickening and they also have um, the new bags have like a tech piece in it so you can like swipe your phone and it'll pull up whatever you want it to download like if you you can buy another bag if you like oh somebody's like I like your bag they can can touch a part of the bag and it'll pull up the website oh nice but if you want to customize your bag you can customize the bag and touch another part of the bag tap it with your phone um Nice. And I I, like I carry firearms, so I definitely want to have a compartment for. Her. So I'm still working on like the future bags and what they're gonna have and stuff yeah, so like we'll that. So we'll keep the firearm part for the people in the U.S. Yeah, for the people in the U.S. only. <laughs> yeah. The people in the South. <laughs> yeah, because we stay strapped, nigga. Don't we come stay close. Strapped. Yeah, don't, yeah, don't, <laughs> don't, don't play, play around, There's man. There's Nigerian American. There's Nigerian in there, but we did carry gun. With the carry with the. Hey, thug life. Okay, okay, I'm so, sorry. All right, that's no, 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 I, no, real talk. So I like, you know, that you have, you know, the fashion thing going, you've got your music going, you know, mm-hmm. you're still doing dancing, you're doing all, all these things sort of at the highest possible level. I really Amen. admire that. Amen. And I think that um, for anyone who's listening, this is really what it's about. This is what being Nigerian really is about is excellence, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes we overdo the excellence thing, but I feel like. As long as it's positive and it's towards doing positive things and you're not using your excellence to oppress people mm. or to to do negative things. Because yeah. there's there's some of us who who use our excellence to do negative things too. As long as you're being positive with it, yeah. um, you're part of the people that will change what it means to be Nigerian. Amen. Period. That's the goal, man. Yeah. I aspire to inspire. And my... That fast, I don't know, the way that God just really, really changed me, mm. like, I'm so different now. And 
like I'd be like, is this going to credit me in heaven? <laughs> I'm not a no, no. Please, I still curse. <laughs> I still all those things. But, you know, it's just like I look at things a lot differently now. And like um, before dance and all these things started, when I was 17, I was a philanthropist first. Mm. I'll give you something before I charge you for it, honestly. Like, you know, that's just me. Like, if, if I feel like you need that thing, yeah. If I have it, whether I'm rich or not, or if I have if I have at least two of that one thing, you need that one. Th- I'll give you I'll give you one of them. You know what I'm saying? Like, a, whatever. You Do know? we call it philanthropy or we just call it kindness? Kindness. Kind kindness is person. one thing. I'm, I'm definitely a kind person. Some people may beg to differ. You know, it depends on which part of the spectrum well, somebody, you're on. No, if, somebody, if somebody's asking for a service to be provided, then they have to pay for it. Oh, for sure. So that's not what we're talking about. We're talking but about I'm not kindness. a fool either. We're just talking about kindness. Yes. Kindness. Yeah. Naturally, I am. Um, Business sorry. is different from a hand. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. But no, I, I won a pageant when I was um when I was seventeen and um it was a Nigerian pageant. Oh, nice. And um thank you. And um I took some computers home to kids in Nigeria. I took four computers home and um I did I used to write Kaiser Permanente in other hospitals trying to see if they would donate some of their old supplies. So I used to ask for those things to give to this battered women's shelter that I found out about of girls that were trying to do their own abortions and stuff back home. You know, maybe they get raped or whatever it is and they'll try to do their own abortions. They may get sick or try to almost die or whatever. They would take them to this clinic that... Other places wouldn't accept them, but this one clinic did, and it was a battered women's shelter, and they would try to, like, help them, fix them up, and if they survived, they would teach them a trade before they released them back to civilization to try to make their own way with now them and their new child, right? So mm. another thing I did was I worked with orphanages, um, brought them, like, new clothes, fed them for the day. You know, most of the orphans, they eat gari all the time, gari and peanuts, that's right. ground nut, that's it. We just tried to, like, make them better food, you know, yam poured and stuff like that. And so we brought food to the women's shelter and to the orphanage homes. Um, and that was, like, my first time really seeing people that were suffering. Like, you see it back home when you're there, but you don't really pay attention to it. You're driving, you you kind of drive past them. But that was, like, me going to where they were and seeing what their living conditions were. Those things broke my heart. And I'm like, uh uh-uh. like I was only born a little bit up the street from from here. Right. I'm just like you. You know what I mean? So um, now I have to go back home and I have to do some more work because I have now that I've become all that I've become since that time. You know, I need them to see that, too. And I need them to understand that this is I'm still you. We are still the same. Mm. You know what I mean? And please, like as much as you can, like just don't give up. Didi and I spent a few more hours chatting and just generally catching up. It was really good to see her again, and I can't wait to see what else she's got coming. She's a true role model, an excellent depiction of Nigerian-American excellence. And I hope you guys enjoyed our conversation as much as I did. Thank you for listening to this episode of Nigerian American. Please subscribe, leave comments, and share this podcast. Feel free to say what's up on Instagram or Twitter at LDTheDawn. That's at E-L-D-E-E-T-H-E-D-O-N. 
For more episodes, extended discussions, exclusive content, or partnerships, please visit www.nigerianamericanpodcast.com. To learn more about Diddy Young Emma, please follow her on Instagram at Diddy Emma. That's at D-I-D-D-I-E-M-A-H. Visit www.nigerianamericanpodcast.com forward slash baton girl to learn more about Diddy. My name is LD. Yeah.